you are listening to a podcast from The National. 86% of new businesses in the United States in the last decade were started by Latinos. And women are the biggest drivers of this trend. The Hispanic community is set to be the main motor of the middle class in America in the future. You're listening to the Business Extra podcast coming from the Nationals newsroom in Abu Dhabi. I'm Mustafa Al-Rawi, Assistant Editor-in-Chief. That data I mentioned at the top of the show is from Zeno and We're All Human. And it points to the one thing that any business person looking at the US market has to understand about its economy now and tomorrow. The story behind the story, if you will. To fully understand this and what it means, last week I caught up with Claudia Romo Edelman, an advocate for inclusion, equity and representation, and also the co-host of the Global Goalscast podcast, focused on the UN Sustainable Development Goals, which you might remember from one of our previous episodes. Claudia is a Swiss-Mexican former diplomat who has previously advised the UN and is currently working to give the Hispanic community in the United States greater impact on the political stage to match their growing economic power. Here's what she had to say. I'm very pleased uh, that with us today is Claudia Romo Edelman. Uh, Welcome, Claudia. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, I'll give a little bit of a rundown for our for our listeners. So there is a there is a connection to a previous podcast. We did a, a joint show with the, the the show that you're a co-host of, which is Global Goalscast, which focus on the on the SDGs. Um, and so it's good to have you uh, in the studio with us. Uh, but you're more than that. You're an advocate uh, for uh, Hispanics in America for the Latino community. Uh, you're also a media expert. Um, you are originally Mexican, but you're very much. Uh, a child of America now. Um, and it's, you know, I just saw you now in Singapore at the New Economy Forum, which is hosted by Michael Bloomberg, and you're doing kind of a tour. You came from Japan, you've been to Singapore, you've come to Abu Dhabi, you're leaving shortly to the US to, tomorrow. But it's good we can have a chat because um, you've got a lot of interesting thoughts and ideas about um, what the business community needs to know in this region about the United States at the moment and some of the trends that are driving um, the future of entrepreneurship and businesses and the economy me, as well as, you know, some of the, the changing demographics in the US. But uh, let me welcome you. Good to have you, Claudia. Thank you so much. And I indeed, I am Mexican. I live in America, but probably I look Arabic because every time that I've been walking on the streets of Abu Dhabi, everybody comes and speaks to me in Arabic. So I feel quite local. You, you, you do fit in, I have to say. <laughs> and I love it here. So look, I mean, the, the main point that you were driving is true, is there is no possible growth for anyone that is interested in doing businesses in America than if you tap into the Hispanic community. This is the best kept secret, if you want, that I found when I moved to America after 25 years of living in Europe. So although I was very close to America, I never really knew. So when uh, I moved to America, I, I literally couldn't square the circle of like, I don't get it. The numbers are gigantic and yet the reality is very small the you know like when i look at the picture is powerful and yet we're very weak so i i just decided to dig into it and try to understand what is the enigma of hispanics and i just realized that this is the muscle of the new middle class of america that this community that is composed by 55 million people growing so that means it's 18 percent of the population of america and our numbers are gigantic is 2.1 point 
uh, 2.1 uh, trillion dollar as a as a as a market economy and 1.5 trillion dollar purchasing power. And this is a group that is young because one in third, one in three um, Hispanics are under 18. So these are the voters of the future. By 2020, we're going to have 30 million voters uh, going into, ideally going into the polls. And the most surprising thing for me overall is that, and, and that's why I just dug into it. I, I left my job at the United Nations, which I love so much, but I was like, I, ca I can't stop it. I've been a marketer my entire life. And if there is one marketing uh, issue that has to be solved is the beauty of the Hispanic product has to be packaged by far better so that it's not, first of all, a secret. And secondly, that we can really exercise that incredible power that we have and make America flourish uh, with the diversity of all its colors. Uh, you say you left the UN, you, you had a career in diplomacy, you, you, you're a media expert, you worked in PR, um, but you essentially became an entrepreneur. And that that's not surprising and given some of the figures um, we were talking about uh, before the show started, uh, one which I'm staggered by, 86% of the new businesses started in the US in the last decade are by Latinos. Yeah, absolutely. Which, which is astonishing, that entrepreneurial yeah. wave. And, and, and it maybe explains a little bit about some of the upheaval in the United States over the last uh, few years. If if you're seeing such a surge of one uh, demographic coming through with those new businesses, it's it's absolutely incredible to to see a figure like that, 86%. And let me blow you away even more. Latinas create uh, small businesses six times faster than any other group in America. And that 87% of new jobs since the Great Recession makes it the job creator number one. And half of those jobs that you mentioned have been created by women. And and those literally between 2007 and 2012 made a growth uh, bigger and faster than, um, you know, like it was 70%, 70% growth versus 2% shrunk of not non-Hispanic businesses. So in general, the issue of entrepreneurship is totally intrinsic to the Hispanic uh, way of living and believing. And there are other character characteristics that come along, such as hard work. 45% um, of Hispanics have made the transition between low class, uh, low income to middle income. So this is a group that is going to go and try and try and work and work. And they are also very optimistic, like 8 in 10 Hispanics would say that they would have a better future than their parents. And if you compare that number to the negative and the pessimistic perspective of other groups in America that say like, yeah, I, I'm worse than I like my parents were and the future will look more pessimistic. It's a very different take. And so altogether, the issue of entrepreneurship has to be matched. And that's why I really want to emphasize that anyone that cares about doing businesses in America should start learning Spanish and eating tacos, man, because literally <laughs> there is no way that you can. Well, I've got half you, of that. I'm eating, I'm eating the tacos. <laughs> I've got to learn the language now. <laughs> um, it, is, it is absolutely essential. There are issues with the community, and that's why when we were joking before starting the program, you can find more tortillas than bread in America and more salsa sold than ketchup. Is 
that that's an issue because Hispanics are not represented anywhere. So there's an issue of being very visible in certain areas, for example, in our the wallets in the number of jobs that we created, and yet very invisible in other areas. We're not represented in media, we're not represented in politics or anywhere else, and we're not scaling. So all those new jobs created stay at the two to three employee, you know, like two to three staff members as opposed to growing and right. creating those mega So the, uh, the, the, the S and the SME, they're very much the small business. They stay small businesses. They and, stay small. And that's why I guess they need an advocate. Uh, they, they, even though it's a big community and it's doing very well, to be more organized, to be to be more impactful. Well, given that's what they're doing, exactly right? right. My enigma when I said it's like I started looking at these like a watermelon that had a, a square shape. You know, like you don't make sense of all those numbers, and yet it it doesn't actually square. So I, I, I started getting into it. I, I even went into uh, creating uh, a survey, commissioning a survey, a very important survey that I just launched a week ago before coming to Singapore where I met you. It's called the Hispanic Sentiments Study. And the biggest finding, um, the biggest insight is that 77% of Hispanics have no idea of their own power. They don't know their own contributions to, the, to America. We don't know how many we are. They don't know that we we, you know, like that we have not, uh, all the weaknesses that the community have, have been overcome. So there's no dropout from, you know, like from school. So we now continue our education. We create more businesses than any other. Uh, we have 12% of the GDP of the country. Basic facts um, that we put in front of the community, they were absolutely astonished about it. And so if you don't know your own power, you don't know how to exercise right. it. And one of the, if you look down there is like, why are we not aware of our own power? And what is actually, wh what are some of the barriers that we can identify? And some of them are obvious, for example, lack of education, but some of them are not. And one of the, I think that my favorite one in terms of like tackling it is unification. So Hispanics think fragmented and, and therefore think small. Um, you have a community that instead of acting as a community acts as 26 different origins. As like, I'm Cuban, I'm Mexican, I'm Venezuelan. As a fact, I'm Cuban from Miami versus I'm Cuban from Chicago. And that's that fragmentation makes the thinking also quite fragmented and quite small. So my desire, and I think that it is quite possible to do, is to unify the community. And what I think it's possible and the reason why I'm quite optimistic and I decided to leave, you know, like leave my job and just get into this um, being an advocate for the communities because while half of the community feels that we don't act as one and we don't have a single voice on issues that we should, like for example, migration, 90% of everyone we surveyed felt as a Hispanic, identified as right. Hispanic. That means feels family values, likes the music, the language, the food, uh, works hard and so on. So the gap between feeling Hispanic and acting as a one Hispanic community is not that big. So I'm hosting a number of things. For example, we have a summit at the United Nations, the first ever Hispanic leadership summit to respond just one question. How are we going to unify? And is it is it do you think that raising awareness and talking about it and you know, advocating it on the media in 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 meetings is is that the first step towards 
solidifying this idea of 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 you can be Hispanic American, I guess. Yeah, no, 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 and and you're absolutely right. There are two first steps, if you want, one internal, one external. The first internal one is just showing a mirror and doing that. It's it's almost like the fat girl that grows up to be a wonderful, super stylish and beautiful teenager, and yet she considers herself still, you know, like with the with the complexity of a fat little girl and if you would actually just put a mirror in front of her say like hey hi that is done it's over look at yourself you're beautiful then she would probably have by far more confidence walking out the street with a very different you know like intake in life and uh, and role and role models are are going to be essential for that 74% of Hispanics cannot identify a single Hispanic leader outside entertainment and that means show creating a lot of content um, in September I was the special editor for Marie Claire and mm. um, I, I, I was working with them and created 35 pages of content on uh, successful migrants, just showing the beauty of people and women that have made it in fashion, sports, you know, like in different industries, just to showcase um, our own contribution. So the first step is to be aware. Role models will help a lot. And the second step is just to make sure that um, we bring attention to non-Hispanics inside and outside of the U.S. and start saying like, hi, guys, uh, we're ready for your love, but we will only take true love. We will not take only the love for our wallets. We want you to be with us on the good for the growth, invest on our education, invest on our, you know, like access to capital and allow us to have better jobs. And I think that those two first steps would make a big difference. It's interesting what you're saying because it's it's making me think a lot about um, you know the the way Arabs are and in, in when they leave the Middle East and and there were generations uh, not too dissimilar to the Latin American uh, immigrants who went into the U.S. the 60s, the 70s, the 80s for a number of reasons. Um, and you think about how successful um, Arabs have been, uh, whether it's Lebanese or Syrian or Iraqi or Egyptian or you know, you name it, in those countries that they've gone to, yet there hasn't been the, the, the commensurate uh, influence at politics. But um, the when I think of like the most successful people of Arab origin, I think of the Mexican Carlos Slim, who, uh, you know, is, is one of the richest men in the world, who, you know, I think it was originally Lebanese. Lebanese, yeah. And, and you think of, of in, in Brazil, huge Lebanese community. Yes. Um, Syrians have done very well in business as well. Um, I think it's the, uh, is it the Haddads in the, in the, the mm -hmm. US? Um, and, and just in general, you, you've, you've got that, but there isn't at the sort of political level, particularly in the Western mm -hmm. countries, mm -hmm. maybe the South, okay, but in the Western countries like the US, like Europe, we haven't kind of built on that bridge and maybe it's too late, but it seems like there's a generational opportunity Absolutely. For, for Latinos and, and, and to create that idea of Hispanic World, identity right? yes yes you know? yes it's just simple that and i was very inspired and again i was telling you just before the the program in these days that i was here at the um you know like in abu dhabi learning about your own history and how um you're now you know, like Emirates United and 45 years ago, uh, there was a vision of like stronger were uh, like United were stronger, which 
I think that would apply today to a number of communities, not only the Hispanics. And I am obsessed about learning of those that made it and why and how and and how do we actually apply that. And you can learn from, you know, like the Italians, when they arrived to America, they were like more fragmented and actually more badly than what we are. But if you if I look at Asians, for example, or, or the Jewish community, but mostly the Jewish community took 100 years uh, in order for them to really in America have the jobs, the level of respect and jobs and dignity that they have. But Asians took only 10 years to be able to actually say, look, Chinese and Japanese could not have more historical differences. And yet when it comes to lobby for scholarships and for jobs in tech and for training, we're going to be Asian all in one. And we're going to celebrate our food on our own houses. And we don't have to all of a sudden be brothers and sisters, but we will go and lobby together. So I think that there are some lessons learned that many communities, particularly young people, are willing to have so that, you know, like when you need to uh, go and after certain things, for example, better pay, access to capital, more education, uh, better representation in all the spheres of life, then you can act as one. Uh, if you don't if you don't act as one, you don't have the barking power, let alone the biting power. <laughs> I like that. Um, so, I mean, it, be, based in the UAE, based in the Middle East, you're thinking about the US and, you know, there's a lot of noise coming out of there. There's a lot of different opinions about what's happening in America. But, the, but this particular angle about... Uh, uh, you know, Latinos potentially uh, being a real force beyond uh, entrepreneurship, but in, in politics, it's something for anyone that wants to do business in America to really understand yes. um, uh, how things are changing there. Um, and and from your point of view, you travel a lot, so perhaps you're not the the the, the, the typical um, you know you have the typical experience of, of of your community. But when you go around the world um, and you, and you're kind of explaining this i mean is is the reaction similar is it surprise is it is it kind of we didn't know this we 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 kind of had no idea about what's happening yes uh the biggest surprise is within the community itself so it's it's almost um more certain for me to know that if I talk to a Hispanic in America from Chicago, for example, where Kevin just was there, um, someone from Chicago will be more surprised than if I talk to someone um, in, you know, like in, in the World Economic Forum in just like happening here in Dubai. They will probably be more aware because they have seen the market and they know their numbers are growth. But here, here, here are the couple of takeaways. The first one is... Um, if you want to do business in America, l- understand that the minorities are majorities all together and that they are younger and that they are not going to go for any anything that is super superficial uh, approach. So that means, and, and millennials and Gen Zs care. So they care about purpose-driven, they care about mm-hmm. mission-driven, but they care about their own well-being. So there is no way that you cannot forget um, investing on, you know, like in not... It, basically investing in, in traditional Americans, if you want, or, or like, you know, like white Americans would be just one way to get to an older population. So you have to take into the in, into account minorities are the new majorities. Number two, when it comes to Hispanics, we're not going to go for total marketing. 
thing. So it doesn't, it, you cannot just come with an hola amigo campaign mm. and just have your normal campaign to try to sell a product and just put two words in Spanish. We're not buying into that. We're by far more clever than that. And increasingly, we're going to be demanding more, you know, like we have a different approach to life. We have different problematics and we want to see markets care for ourselves and our issues more, you know, like more, we, 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 we spend three times more uh, in internet than other groups. We have actually 75% more consumption in mobile than any other group in America. And we care about beauty. This, these kind of things that are differentiated, we want to have them. And the last thing I would say is that um, diversity and inclusion are areas that have to be taken into account when it comes to the workforce, workforce as well. So if you want to be in America, you don't only want to sell in America, but we'll have a workforce, just try to hire Hispanic, try to buy Hispanic, try to actually show respect also in your workforce. Claudia, what's next for you? Uh, on the agenda for the rest of the year? Well, the rest of the year starts with December 10 on the summit of the United Nations. So if anyone um, here listening to this program wants to know about what the leaders of the Hispanic community will be discussing post-election and trying to find the roadmap for 2020 so that we have more voters coming and, and from the community and expressing their voice. And in Davos, um, we're going to be with the CEO, with the president of Microsoft and the publisher of the World Street Journal, we're going to be hosting the first uh, Hispanic reception in, in the World Economic Forum. And the year goes along with a lot of content, so stay tuned. Claudia Romo Edelman, thanks so much for being with us. Wish you all the luck Thank you. for the rest of the year. And we'll, we'll get you back here again, I'm sure. Thank you so much. So that was this week's episode of Business Extra. Before I go, just let me tell you about The National's other podcasts. Beyond the Headlines takes a deeper dive into the biggest news from the week with a distinct Middle Eastern point of view. And The Cricket Pod has our experts shining a spotlight on the gentleman's game. Subscribe to both shows, as well as this one, of course, on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your audio content. Find us as always at thenational.ae. Thanks to producer Kevin Jeffers. Thank you all for listening and do join us again next time.